We're going to start today with a conversation with Nitin Rai, Managing Director of Elevate Capital. Nitin has been a very active angel investor and a seed investor in the industry. Nitin, welcome to the program. Thank you. So tell us about your uh, seed stage investment activities. Let's get to know you and get you in, uh, introduced into our community. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, my background is I started out as an entrepreneur in, back in the 80s in Silicon Valley and moved to Oregon uh, in the late 80s, uh, started a company called First Inside, and then got involved with an organization called Thai, uh, the Indus yeah. Entrepreneurs, and we launched the Oregon chapter in 2007, and uh, which was right in the middle of the, you know, literally right before the meltdown. And, and you know, when, when there is an economic downturn, uh, there's lots and lots of entrepreneurs who uh, are then, you know, creating companies and looking for funding. And I got involved in, uh, through Thai, um, I was the champion for angel funding. Um, mm-hmm. And we have invested in a number of startups in Oregon, uh, several of them women-led, and mm-hmm. uh, started getting some really great results. As a matter of fact, our first Seed investment was in a company called Zapproved, uh, CEO Monica Enan. Uh, she just recently sold her company to Vista Private Equity. Huge returns, probably the best returns we've seen in the last yeah. several years. As, and what uh, is the in- company? What does the company do? Uh, the company is called Zapproved, Z-A-P-P-R-O-V-E-D. Uh, they're in the legal tech space. Uh, they okay. do legal holds. Uh, so it's Great. a B2B company. Oh. Great outcome, um, and uh, as a matter of fact, Monica is a charter member in Thai, um, and so we we really uh, in in uh, in Portland, being a small ecosystem, Thai angels became a force to reckon with in terms of yeah. deploying of early stage capital, taking very early risks, mm-hmm. and from that experience and um, and really the work that we did, Elevate Capital was born. Yeah. Um, I launched Elevate Capital two years ago, a uh, little over two, about two years ago, and we have two funds. Uh, there is a fund called Elevate Inclusive that mm-hmm. exclusively invests in women and minorities and communities of color. It's a public-private fund. Um, okay. It's $2.5 million. We've already made all our investments. We've made about 20 investments. Uh, very early stage, highly diverse. It's mm-hmm. not a tech It invests across the board in different industries. Uh, the sister fund, which is a larger fund called Elevate Capital, uh, we haven't closed it yet. We've raised about 60% of the $10 million and we've made 10 investments as well. And these are, again, early-stage companies, but, uh, you know, we invest in everybody. It's all-inclusive, and um, we invest between 100 to 500000 and these are usually pre-A, Series C type investments uh, mm-hmm. with room for follow-on. Okay. So in total, in the last, I would say, six years, I've invested between the fund and personally and along with the Thai ecosystem about 50 startups. All right. Excellent. So we have very deep uh, seed investment expertise here, folks. Let's let's learn from Nitin what... uh, you know what's happening in the Oregon ecosystem, and uh, what what are the learnings? So before we uh, we go there, Nitin, I want to get a couple of um, points just underscored. So your investment activity is 
completely in Oregon? Is it exclusively in Oregon, geography-wise? Uh, the geography is really Pacific Northwest with the okay. ability to do some investments outside, and we've actually done two investments outside of Oregon uh, and Washington, uh, and that is uh, a there's a company in San Francisco called Blendor, and we have also invested in a company in New York called Resi. Okay. And what is your um, industry sector sweet spot? What do you like to invest in? What kinds of companies? So we're actually somewhat, somewhat, somewhat agnostic. Um, we started out doing mostly tech, uh, B2B was sort of our sweet spot. But we've since, uh, because of the inclusive fund, we've actually done a, f a fair number of consumer internet product. Uh, mm -hmm. We are in, so specifically we're in what I call tech, and tech includes B2B, some B2C, uh, uh, VR. Um, we're just about to do a cannabis deal, which is mostly on the technology side. Uh, we have done some bioscience, um, I, some apparel, uh, and most of these industries are actually tech-enabled. Uh, so there's very few companies that I would say, other than the bioscience company that we did, uh, mm -hmm. I would say we have, don't have a technology uh, component, whether it's e-commerce or a medical device, but there's some technology component that's involved in, in these companies. Got it. So um, can you... You've invested in a lot of companies in the last six years, and, and I imagine you have a very good uh, deal flow, so you have a unique angle and perspective into what's happening in the industry, especially with the Pacific Northwest and specifically Oregon uh, deal flow. What trends are you seeing in the deals that are coming to you? So because we had this intentionality of, of investing in what we call the underserved entrepreneurs, and our definition of that is, you know, women, communities of color, minorities, yeah. and also underserved regions. So we don't just invest in Portland, but even areas that are outside of Portland where yeah. there's difficulty for these entrepreneurs to get access to early stage capital. Uh, and that also includes some of the industries like apparel, sports, food, where you don't see a lot of VC activity. So we've positioned ourselves as a fund that's intentional about investing in those kinds of companies. Now, it's not that we wouldn't look at other types of deals, but what that did is gave us a deal flow, overwhelming deal flow of women entrepreneurs. So 70% of our investments are in women founders. Okay. But that's, and that, uh, I would say, is, is very unique for for Elevate, and we get deal flow from all over the country. Unfortunately, given our geographic location, we tend to more invest locally. But um, that seems to be a, a very a very strong underlying current of entrepreneurs that we're seeing. We have women coming out of all all over the country that are applying to Elevate for funding. Okay, and what about um, industry trends, tech trends, mm -hmm. industry so, trends? From industry standpoint. We see a very diverse uh, uh, a group of, uh, of entrepreneurs that are applying. So obviously it's, you know, between 40 to 60% is technology. Uh, and on the technology side, of course, we see SaaS deals. We're seeing VR. Uh, the VR, AR, VR activity is really picking up. Uh, we see a lot of IoT. Uh, we see a fair amount of medical device type companies. 
Um, we see apparel. We see sports. Um, so let me double click down into we are you know we are exclusively focused on IT and IT enabled services. So I'm going to double click down on on your activity in that sector, and, and uh -huh. I have a few questions based on what you said. Yeah. So AR VR, what are you seeing in AR VR? What kinds of deals are these? Content deals? Are these equipment deals? What what's the? All of them have been software deals. So we are, and I can't disclose the details yet because the the investment is not closed. But it's actually B two B AR VR. So it's it's a, a platform that that helps uh, people um, build things. Uh, uh, you know, directed primarily towards the uh, the architects and designers. Uh, there is a deal that we didn't that couldn't invest in that was more of a platform to build applications on AR VR. Uh, we yeah. haven't seen a whole lot of content. There's been some content, but I think a lot of that activity is down in Southern California, uh, not mm -hmm. much, or perhaps Northern California, mm -hmm. but not much in Oregon. That is true. That is true. Now um, let's talk about a few of your uh, highlights uh, in your portfolio in your investments. Um, uh -huh. So far, and you started off with the legal tech company. I'd love to learn a bit more about it. And by the way, um, please uh, feel free to introduce the entrepreneur to us, and we'll be delighted to do a story on her uh, journey. Uh, she would be. A, she is just a rock star. Uh, well, yeah. happy to make introduction. Great. So tell us a little bit about her story. How did she find you, and how did uh, you know what stage did you invest in? What was what did you see in that company at the beginning that gave you the confidence that this was going to go? Okay, sure. So Monica uh, Enan, uh is a, a former Intel employee, IBM, uh, mm -hmm. went to Cornell, uh, got an MBA, and um, I think uh, around 2006, uh, she left IBM because she wanted to be an entrepreneur and had an idea. And the idea basically was that this approved uh, idea was really it was a B2B type uh, 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 play where, you know, at that point, it's a workflow. It was a workflow product. Uh, you know, you know, it's a pretty known fact that, you know, we get overwhelmed with emails, and as CEOs and executives, we get a lot of emails for approvals. Approve this, approve that. Well, she created a very simple system where any email for approval would come through her system, and you say, approve or not approved. I love the idea. So I became one of her early customers, and, you know, she launched the product, I think, in, uh, sometime in 2008, and, um, and was uh, – out raising money, a lot of interest from venture capitalists in, in Silicon Valley, and then the markets took a dip. And mm -hmm. so th that funding ran out. So mm -hmm. she was looking for capital. She called me up and said, hey, I need some angel money. You know, I'm, I'm pivoting. And I think during the process, she ran into this opportunity of actually pivoting towards legal, where there yeah. was an opportunity to, you know, when, when companies get sued, they need to hold everything back, emails, you know, documents, uh, any kind of interaction around that lawsuit, they need to hold back all of the communication. So her system was kind of a natural fit in that problem space, and because it was SaaS, there was the, she was the first SaaS company uh, there. So she was pivoting. She wanted to raise some money. I made some introductions into the Thai network. We didn't have an angel program back then. 
And uh, little I knew, she'd raised half a million from Thai. Mm-hmm. And it got her started <clears throat> to scale. And then over time, she raised about, I think, 1.7 or 1.8 million. And that's all she raised in her uh, entire sort of what I called it, the pre-kind pre of uh, complete sale of the company. And then she built a great business. She hired a great team. Uh, She started getting a lot of corporate clients like Yahoo. uh, And over the years, had I think she got to about a few million in revenue. And then a big private equity firm came in and bought half of our shares out, plunked a bunch of money in, allowed her to grow even more. And uh, this last year, uh, Vista Private Equity came in and made a big offer and bought everybody out. All right. And how um, far did she reach from a revenue point of view? Um, I think she was, um, and I'll let her talk about that, but I think she was probably close to $10 million in revenue okay. when this happened. Uh, turning $1.7 million investment or thereabouts, maybe $2.5 million investment into $10 million annual revenue run rate, that's a very, very well-executed story. Absolutely, and Vista gave a nice markup, and, and we're all happy, and she is now on to do even bigger and better things because Vista Private Equity is the largest SaaS private equity firm in the world. Yeah. They have, I don't know, how many billions in management, and, and so uh, she's, she's a big story in, in Portland. <clears throat> Very good, Considering the fact Excellent. that, you know, she had no venture capital. Uh, she raised zero VC money. It was all angel funding. You know, I've seen other, we've done stories on other companies from Oregon that have that dynamic of very capital efficient, mostly angel funded, not much in venture capital, but very tight execution. Uh, we did a story on Share ID, which you probably know them. Uh, I think they're Eugene based, not even Portland. Yep. Um, I'm an investor ID. I'm an early investor. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So we did that story very early on. They were already quite successful. I think they were mm-hmm. already over $5 million in revenue, but with very, very little capital. So we love stories like this. And, and it's, you know, the truth is this is how the entrepreneurship ecosystem of the world, not Silicon Valley and not the, you know, hubs that are flooded with capital, but most of the world operates this way. And, and we've done case study after case study of these capital-efficient success stories, mm-hmm. and we love these kinds of stories. Well, I have 20 of those now in my fund. Great. Well, we should uh, we should make sure they get their recognition. You know, that this is part of the problem with our industry is that uh, the media focuses on funding announcements. So these kinds so. of companies don't get a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the saddest story of this is, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not a sad story. It's a great story. But, uh, you know, 10 years ago, Sridhar Vembu came to see me at my house in Silicon Valley, and uh, he pitched me a company to write about called Zoho. And nobody heard wow. about Zoho, nobody wrote about Zoho, nobody said, oh. mentioned Zoho. And I was the first to write about Zoho, and, and today Zoho is approaching a billion dollars in revenue and no financing. He has taken zero yeah. outside financing. Yeah. So tell us, um, tell us more about um, what your perspective is, and, and I'm going to very clearly zero in on a trend question, which is very, I think it's close to your heart. Um, the way I'm observing the way you invest and the way 
you, you know, the kind of companies you like to invest in is, is kind of uh, emblematic of where we are in the history of technology, right? We are in 2018 February, and um, a ton of stuff has already been built. You know, there's so much technology that has been built. It's not like, you know, today, if you want to build another Salesforce.com, it's that easy because there is a Salesforce.com and there's all kinds of other things that are big and there are yeah. a lot of incumbents and so forth. But there are so many niches, right? Or do you just describe this great story of a legal tech niche? There, you know, mm -hmm. sheer ID is a niche. There's all kinds of niches where you can build, you know, capital efficient, very, very good companies that can have very good outcomes, just like the one you just described. So I take it that this is definitely part of your investment thesis, yes? Yes, I'm a, I'm a niche guy. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, um, I, I would say just in the last six months, I've probably talked to 80 investors who operate in this general uh, ecosystem of pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre-series A and small series A funds. And a large number of them are still looking for unicorns. Now, there are about 600 or more uh, you know, funds, micro VCs that are operating in this space, if everybody looks for unicorns, it is just mathematically not viable. Correct. So I don't chase unicorns, by the way. If a unicorn Good. comes to me, I say, go talk to, go to the valley, go to, talk to the big guys. I'm not for you. So I'm very clear about and very focused on who I want to invest in. So my okay. thesis is I want to come in very early. I want to take the yeah. biggest risk. I want to mentor these uh, entrepreneurs, and I'm looking for early exits, and I'm not ashamed about that. Um, I like to get in early and get out early. Yeah. Uh, so with that strategy, um, I can't talk about my fund right now in terms of what the fund could return, but mm -hmm. as an angel investor that invested uh, along with a group of other Thai angels, if we were a fund, in four years, we returned almost 3.5x of mm -hmm. our original investment, okay? And, and many, many of those investments like Share ID are still around. So our IRR would be a phenomenal IRR, like 40, 45%. So we know that if you come in early, mentor the entrepreneurs, and you find companies that have those vertical, they're on those vertical niches where there's not a lot of competition, and you've got a great CEO, you can put together a great team that really executes and is capital efficient, you can build a five, ten million dollar business and sell it for, if it's in the SaaS space, you know, you can go to five to ten X, right? And you can get really great returns without the, what I call the let's launch, let's invest in 20 jumbo jets and 18 will crash and two will, you know, be right. the big, you know, A or B. This is a venture model. This is your traditional venture model. I don't believe in that model, to tell you the truth. Uh, today I'm a, I call myself as a very small private equity player where we're coming in, we, we not only provide uh, capital, but we provide uh, great mentors. Uh, we have great entrepreneurs that are investors in our fund or in the Thai ecosystem. And what we what we provide the entrepreneur is that feedback, the the, the guidance that they really need to execute well. Uh, and that's like 
80% of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can solve that at that very early stage, the chances of success are far higher and the returns yeah. can go from 2x to 5x to 7x. So that's our model. So one question on that, uh, you said you like early exits. Um, does that mean that if the company is raising more money um, uh, in, you know, after your angel round, you actually sell out in those rounds? If we have an opportunity, we will. Yeah. Okay. Or we might cool. advise the company, you know, they've been around three, four years. They've, they've, um, you know, the, the biggest issue for any company, once they hit the two, three million dollar threshold, is then they need substantial capital, no matter what the industry is, uh, to scale. And depending on who the funder and the investor is, many times you see these growth equity firms coming in or large strategic investors coming in. You know, they may want to own most of the company, right? They may want to take a larger portion of the company. And at that point, you know, we are the small potatoes, right? Um, we may not have follow-on capital to keep our prorata yes, exactly. ownership. And, and if the markups are great, you know, we may just sell out. And it could be a, a two-xer or two-and-a-half-xer in, in a year to 18 months. It's, yeah. it's a great return, great IRR. So yeah, we're open to that. Uh, you know, the, the reality is that getting from zero to one million annual revenue run rate or two million annual revenue run rate is really hard. But once you get there, and if you can show repeatability, if you can show uh, velocity, the amount of capital available to those kinds of companies, and if there is enough TAM in the uh, project, there's a ton of capital chasing those kinds of deals. In Silicon Valley, yes, not in Oregon. But, you know, Silicon Valley investors these days invest easily in Oregon. I mean, Oregon is very easy, actually. Pacific Northwest is very easy. Silicon Valley investors no longer just invest here. I, I know that, but it's still harder when you're an Oregon-based company to go out and raise uh, substantial amounts of capital from outside. Now, there are more and more companies that are coming in, more VC firms are looking at Oregon, but typically when we talk, when I've talked to Silicon Valley investors, their response is, well, we like to invest in our backyard. So we like companies to be based here. Some rather do, than... I think some do, some do. It really depends. If it's, if it's talking about very early stage stuff, they tend to like to invest in their backyard. Oh. But then uh, when it comes to something a bit more mature and, and more proven, they have more flexibility. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to discount the capital that is now available in Portland and Oregon now uh, yeah. as well, because I think it used to be Series A used to be a real difficult uh, process for Oregon companies to raise money because you had to go out of state. Now there's enough funds and enough sort of co-investment happening that a number of companies are able to get to Series A within Oregon. Yeah. They don't need to go outside. Who are your uh, favorite uh, Series A partners in the Oregon area that are local? So funds? I've done four deals with Voyager Capital. Yeah. Um, Diane Freeman. Um, we've done a number of deals with uh, Oregon Angel Fund, which is now kind of evolved from being sort of the early seed to um, to Series A. So those mm -hmm. funds are the two that we've done most what I call Series A deals with. Uh, we've mm -hmm. done a fair number of deals with Portland Seed Fund. 
there's uh, Rogue Ventures, there's Seven Peaks. I've done a couple of deals with Rogue Ventures. Uh, Seven Peaks is out of Bend, Oregon. There's Cascade Angels. And, you know, we, yeah. we all end up in at least one or two deals together. Together, um, yeah, sure. There's a lot of uh, synergy between uh, the, the local funds. There's a fund called W2 in Eugene, Oregon. There's a bunch of angel conferences, uh, one called Ben Venture Conference, which is a fairly substantial angel conference. Uh, we, we've done a number of investments with the BBC angels where they create a fund and we co-invest. And is the philosophy that you described of uh, avoiding unicorns and then kind of like steering the unicorns in the direction of Silicon Valley and then focusing on the niches, is that philosophy shared by your uh, peer group in Oregon? I think I'm unique in that one. You are unique in that one. That's interesting, huh? So I'm very explicit. Your peer group is just I'm, I'm very, very explicit. And sometimes they'll shut me up and they say, don't talk about that. You know, so I, I, I'm I'm actually religious about that strategy. Okay, interesting to know that. <laughs> and uh, if you were to look at, I don't know if this, there's been any study or you have any maybe back of the envelope estimate, how many seed stage companies are in the pool, let's say in the 2017 vintage, how many companies are there in the seed pool? Well, we made most of our investments in 2017 out of the fund. Um, so if I look at, when you say pool, are you talking about people who are looking for funding or people that have received funding? Uh, actually, both. I think if you have one number or the other number or both, I would be interested in well, both of we, those in, So when we announced the inclusive fund in 2017, 16, within, um, within three weeks, we had 1,000 people apply mm -hmm. on our website. So that gives you an idea of the number of people, and this, most of them are from Oregon. Yeah. Um, I don't have the statistics, but I would say we have made almost 20 investments out of the fund just mm -hmm. in 2017. As a matter of fact, in 18 months, we have exhausted our first-round investments from yeah. both funds. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, Elevate. Uh, OF, Oregon Angel Fund, makes about four to six investments a year. Um, I think Cascade Angel makes about the same, uh, but there's some overlap. Portland Seed Fund does. Now, they haven't, they were raising their funds, so I don't think they made a lot of investments last year. They did a lot of follow-on. But I'd say, you know, there's roughly, in 2017, at least 30 to 40 companies got funded uh, mm -hmm. for seed funding, which is a pretty substantial number. Mm -hmm. That doesn't so, include so any about a thousand or... companies looking another, and 30 to 40 got funded. That's that's kind of Correct. what you're saying. That's yeah. Good. That's good. Good numbers. Yeah. Very good. Well, um, Nitin, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a bit. If you're down in the valley, uh, let's let's have lunch and. Uh, I would love more. to. Now that I've we have this face contact, I would love to do that. Yes. Uh, you know, I am the new chair of Thai Global, so I'll be down there um, more often. Um, well, and so I will let you off. Park, right off Sand Hill Road, so let's uh, let's get together. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for coming today.